Crime Cafe, and I'm your host, Debbie Mack. Before we start, I need to do a quick advert for the Crime Cafe Stories Project. There are 14 authors who appeared on my show last season who have contributed stories to two ebook collections, a box set and an anthology. We're launching a crowdfunding campaign on July 12th, and I would be thrilled at any and all support you can offer. So the link will be live by the time this comes to podcast, comes to the podcast, and uh, be on the lookout for it. With that said, I'd like to introduce my distinguished guest, author Twist Phelan. Welcome to the show, Twist. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, Debbie. Thank you for the invitation. I'm delighted to be here as well. It's so, so wonderful to have you on because, as I was saying to Twist before the show, um, she was her book from her early series was the reason I became an online book reviewer for a while. It was so good. It, it impressed me so much that I felt like the world should know about her. So um, tell me about your latest series, uh, Finn. Oh, Tell Debbie, me. first of all, I have to say thank you. That is so nice of you to say. Um, uh, and I think that the reviews you do um, are great because that, you know, word of mouth is what this is about. Um, my new series, it's the Finn Teller Corporate Spy Mystery Series. It features a private spy. Um, there are three times as many spies in private business as there are working for governments. And I was introduced to one by happenstance, and I was invited to a party where for their company. And uh, it was really interesting seeing former agents of MI5, uh, the CIA, KGB, they're all friends now. We're not friends, I should say, more like working colleagues. And they are hired by individuals, they're hired by governments, they're hired by corporations to do things um, uh, that they possibly couldn't do for their governments. Think of it as a CIA for, for private business. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do everything from gathering business intelligence to surveillance to uh, computer snooping to... Um, ferreting out dishonest employees to even in our former profession, uh, Debbie, they do jury uh, betting. And mm-hmm. um, uh, and there's also uh, black ops divisions of those companies as well. And so I thought this would be the perfect character uh, to um, uh, be the protagonist in my new series. Um, and then you put on top of that my love of travel. And so she is has assignments all over the world in various countries. That's a amazing. I think her character is really interesting, strong, and unique. Well, she brings her own sense of morality to the job, because I, I got the sense in, in interviewing these people who do this job on a real basis, they kind of fall into two camps. There are people who are almost mercenary about it. Mm-hmm. I'll do what I'm hired to do. And there are people who, who still have a sense of honor, still have a sense of morality, I think carried over from when they were working for their various governments, for example. And so, while she, my while Finn, her, her name is Finn Teller, Fiona, Finn Teller is loyal to her client. She isn't above bringing her own sense of justice to the situation either. Um, and uh, she is a former CIA agent who left the agency because of a string of errors, including her own, resulted in the death of an innocent. And so she, that caused her to reevaluate her job. She got out of the CIA 
and then was recruited by her former uh, station chief for this private company for which she now works. That gives her a kind of a wound from the past there to address. Uh, very much that, so. Yeah, I, find, I always find that interesting and a good protagonist. Well, also, she, she's very competent professionally, mm -hmm. but her personal life is a bit of a challenge. Um, yes. <laughs> in, in romance, in family matters and things, she's, she's less than uh, competent, which I guess is probably can be said about all of us. Um, <laughs> uh, but um, uh, people can be very, very proficient at their job and kind of a mess uh, in the personal uh, side. And so um, I think that also keeps the stories interesting, or at least they're interesting to me to write. Yes, well, I think the subject matter is very intriguing, and the stories themselves are great. Um, your writing process, you're, you're coming out with a whole series of books very quickly. Tell, tell us about that. That's well, unusual. I've spent the last four years working on this. It is, um, but you know that moment when, when you find an author you love, and you read the book, and then you're overjoyed to find out, oh my gosh, he or she has written many other books. I've got a whole series to read through all at once. Yes. I think, um, and I must admit, I'm a huge fan of binge-watching television. I'm way too impatient, for example, uh, to watch a series, like, even if I could, with travels and other schedules, you know, once a week. Um, I want to wait until, for example, the American season is finished, and then I'll sit down and binge watch it over a couple of nights. <laughs> um, but and so I thought I, I thought I'd bring the same experience to reading. Um, so for, for the past couple of years, I've been working on this series. I um, the first book is fake, and it's set in Croatia and uh, Italy. And the second one I released um, a month later. It's called Exit. That one's set in Greece. Uh, coming up is Doubt. It's set in uh, Santa Fe. Um, you, you, it's the only United States book, and it tells a little bit about uh, Finn's backstory in terms of you get into to know her more as a person. The one beyond that is uh, Splice, and it's set in uh, South America. And uh, the one beyond that is set in Norway, and so on. And so I'm releasing these one month apart. Um, and uh, so far, the reaction has been pretty... Uh, favorable because people have enjoyed the first book and they said they were pleased to see that there's a second book they could go right into and soon a third um, and so forth. That's so, fantastic. Uh, it's an experiment. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Did you find... I, uh, sorry? I, I was just going to ask if you found that you wrote shorter novels this way. Yeah. If you were doing uh, like these, a series of shorter novels. These are in the uh, 60 to 70,000 range, although uh, doubt the middle one that really gets into her backstory is, is closer to 100,000. And so I guess that's a two-for-one bargain there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but um, um, I, I thought that I want these to be entertainment for people. You can buy them for basically two ninety nine on your Kindle, enjoy it over a couple of nights, enjoy it on a, on a long weekend read, and then go on, you know, to the next, to the next uh, book. Um, I was a great fan. I was introduced to mystery writing, or excuse me, mystery books by John D. McDonald's Travis McGee series, and those weren't long books. Um, mm -hmm. And I really thought uh, that that would be a good model. Also, I'm a short story writer. I'm lucky enough to have had two stories win the Thriller Award, the Arthur Ellis Award. That's a medium I'm really comfortable in. 
And again, I thought that long isn't necessarily better, at least not in my hands. Um, I think I'm at my best at this format, you know, in, in that page range. And so that's how the novels have ended up being um, that length, you know, the, say, 60, 65,000 words, some, some a little less, some a little more. Well, I think that's a great approach, and uh, I might experiment with that myself, <laughs> doing short, kind of serialized things. Well, I think it maybe fits today's lifestyle, today's attention spans. I don't know. I could be wrong, but I figured uh, this would be a good experiment, and so far it seems to be working well, but we'll see uh, as the series, you know, plays, uh, as we get farther down the road uh, with more books out. Well, I wish you the best of luck with that, because... Thank you. I just love the first one. I mean, I think it's great. Oh, thank you. It's my pleasure. Oh, fake, yes. Oh, it was it was a lot of fun, and it's a special treat for me traveling so much. Though set books in places where I've been. Um, I was going to say, did, did you do a lot of research on the espionage part as well as the travel part? I do. Um, I'm lucky enough. For example, fake deals with counterfeit goods, and it was quite interesting to meet with people. For example, the head of. Uh, their anti-counterfeit units at Gucci and Prada in Milan, for example, or to meet with the people in Frankfurt, Germany, uh, who are combating counterfeit drugs or counterfeit airline parts. You know that that's a huge concern for them and their and their company. And so uh, I found that, like most writers do, I think that everybody likes to talk about their job, and it's been wonderful being able to go around the world and find people in positions that you know are helpful to the story. I tend to think of a situation first when I write a book and then kind of drop the characters into it. And so mm -hmm. I don't know that I do a lot of research per se uh, the first time I go to a place. I just let myself be open and see what kind of stories suggest themselves. And then I might go back and visit it again with specific questions for specific people in, in certain jobs. So tell me about your travels because You've been to a lot of places. How many countries have you been to, and can you pick a favorite? <laughs> I know that's almost impossible. Well, I, I, about three and a half, four years ago, I've always had that. Well, I should start by saying I've always had the travel bug. When I retired from being a lawyer, I bought about went around the world for 10 years. Mm -hmm. And I, um, uh, I kind of lived in, uh, either on the boat or I would rent apartments in, in places, or I'd rent places at ski resorts in the winter where there'd been an Olympics, so I could the cross-country courses and so um, I had also traveled a lot as a kid neither of my parents are American and so they thought it was really important while they love the states that I also my brother and I also see a lot of the world but the last three or four years I hit upon this idea of I really wanted to travel I I wanted to um, experience the world in a way beyond being a tourist I wanted to be a traveler, and uh, so um, uh, my husband and I, we sold our big house and downsized, and then we just downsized again because we realized we're spending more than half our time in hotels and Airbnbs around the world, and um, we, I've gone to over, been lucky enough to gone over 50 countries, which has been interesting, 
but it isn't, I don't travel with the, with the intent of like picking things off the list. I've gone to Italy a dozen times, Spain a dozen times. I, I love Italy. I love Spain. I love Ireland. Um, I'm, I speak the languages, although the Irish would dispute that. <laughs> this really annoying habit. Oh, it's awful. My dad was born in Ireland. I have this annoying habit of mimicking people's accents when I'm in their country. And even if I don't speak their language, I start talking English as though I have a French accent. Oh, it's horrible. My, my poor husband just looks at me and I ask him, oh, am I doing it again? He goes, oh, yes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, and and I I can't do accents. It's it's awful. Um, I do speak Spanish. I'm learning Italian, and and it, even so, when I'm speaking, when I start I have to lapse into English because I don't have the words in in Italian, for example, I'm speaking English with an Italian accent, much <laughs> to the hilarity of all my Italian friends. So it's rather <laughs> horrible that way. But um, uh, with we we are home for like a couple of weeks. I just got back from six weeks of traveling, and then we leave again in two weeks. I never say where I'm going because my husband never goes. Uh, never knows, I should say. Mm -hmm. he, um, I pack for him, and I tell him the day we're leaving and the day we're coming back. And then he we, and we get on the plane. And it's been kind of fun tricking him. One time we flew to Greece by way of South Korea. And he had no idea where we were going. Another time when we were going to India, it was kind of fun to fly. I can't remember the uh, connecting airport. It might have been Abu Dhabi. And walk down the jetway where you see, you know, all the names of all the destinations for all the gates. And so I kind of was faking him out. I, I paused in front of the London gate. He goes, oh, we're going to London. I said, oh, no. <laughs> we walked a little farther. Oh, Sao Paulo, Brazil. That's great. No. <laughs> we went a little farther, and then we got to New Delhi, India. And he goes, oh, you're kidding. This is great. So he literally never knows. And he also knows that just because we're going to a place, we may stay there for a day. We may stay there for three days. We may stay there for three weeks. He has no idea what. And I plan the things that we do when we're there. And um, so uh, we've, we've, yeah, well, we've done things like, Honey, we're going to go play elephant polo today. Okay. <laughs> oh, no, we're going to go, and we've entered a tuk-tuk race in Thailand. Okay. Oh, we're going to go sailing here off the coast of Greece, and, and, and we've entered the sailboat race. Okay. So, or we're going to go to a cooking class, and we're going to try and make this. Or we, we were apprentice chocolatiers in Belgium, and that was hysterical um, because they made the mistake of putting us in the front window. And our creations were just god-awful. I mean, they, they looked like mutant little bunny figurines or something. And you could see the passerbys. And this is a very well-regarded um, uh, chocolatier in Belgium. And you could see the passerbys looking at thinking, what is, what is happening? This, uh, well, what, this can't be this fine chocolatier. Um, uh, so that was, you know, kind of fun. So every day... Um, when I'm on the road, I get up, I write in the morning for a couple of hours, and then we go out and we have adventures. And uh, that's what I write about on my, on my uh, Facebook um, posts. Um, I only post when I, and on my website, I only post when I'm traveling. And so if people like those travel posts, I think they'd like the books. And if people like the books, you might have fun following my travel posts. I won't post things like, here's what we had for dinner, unless there's an interesting story behind it, mm -hmm. or here's a beautiful sunset, because I think there's a lot of people doing out there, they do it way better than I do. 
Um, but what I do try to bring to my daily posts, and it's like a writing exercise for me, is a story. You know, it has a beginning, a middle, and end. Perhaps, usually some humor, usually caused by one of my spoilables <laughs> or uh, goof <laughs> and, um, uh, and that I hope to give people a different perspective on traveling because I absolutely love it. I think despite everything that's going on now, from, you know, Orlando to Turkey uh, to uh, uh, any other corner of the world, unfortunately, I still think it's important to travel. I, I think um, uh, it's important for you. Um, you're an ambassador for your country, and and it's, it's just an experience that I think you can't get. There's no substitute experience for travel, I should say. I agree, totally. When I went to, when we went to Italy, I was just blown away by how much I loved it. And the food, the people, the places. What I especially like about Italy is what I call cafe society. Yeah. I like the fact that you're expected to go to a dinner table and converse. Um, I thought it was really interesting. I was just in Italy a couple of weeks ago, and I people use their phones there. And, yes, yeah, some young people are texting, but people use their phones to talk. There isn't this text convo mm -hmm. culture and certainly never at the dinner table i mean you, you you don't bring your phone to the dinner table but what you are expected to bring is conversation you know ideas on politics on theater on what you're working on on books um and in terms of traveling i don't think you should be intimidated by not knowing a foreign language i think it enhances your ability uh, to interact with people i think it's always important whenever i go to a country i memorize say a dozen phrases, the standard please, thank you, mm -hmm. do you know where something is, how much does it cost, um, you're welcome, how are you, um, and whatever language is, you know, spoken in the place I'm going to, um, and I, I like working on my Spanish and on my Italian, but I'm shocked how many people speak English, it's because of movies, music, you know, the computer, um, and so it's possible to make connections with people uh, that you might otherwise think not possible. Also, the translation apps available now are extraordinary. I went to one dinner party in Greece where we all put our iPhones in front of us, and mine, for example, would be translating for the screen for everybody to see, or it would speak it as well, my words from English into Greek, and then all their phones were translating their words in Greek into English. And so we were just talking back and forth that way. It was a little delayed, a little robotic, but we were able to have an in-depth conversation. So uh, it, it, the Internet has totally changed how we travel now. It's so much easier from translation to transportation to booking places to stay to connecting with people to do a certain activity. It, it's extraordinary. It, it's a long way from when I first went to Europe with a battered let's go travel handbook and a backpack um, <laughs> and uh, you know walk from door to door at the really cheap hotels to see if they had a room for the night where you could dump your pack and then you went out and explored the city yeah well I should probably wrap up now but before we go do you have any travel tips for our listeners well, that's, uh, that's a little bit of a broad question. I would, I would say that this is the golden age of travel and that I've never seen airfare so cheap. Even today, I was emailing a friend who had been looking for airfares. There's a $400 round-trip fare to South Africa out of New York this morning. 
and she had been wanting to go there, so I called her up and said, go book this. Or there's routinely uh, four or five, $600 fares pretty much from uh, any gateway city in the United States to Asia, to Europe, uh, to South America. And this, because of the price of oil now, this is an absolute extraordinary opportunity to get very reasonable airfare. So if you've ever been thinking about it traveling, I'd urge you to take advantage of that now. That's but, fantastic. Um, Good advice. And well, uh, Debbie, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak with you. Thank you so much for having me on Crime Cafe. I wish you the best of luck with your crowdfunding project. I hope it goes through. Thank and, you so much. Uh, I thank you very much for your interest in uh, my Thin Teller Mystery Series. Um, Fake and Exit are out now, and Doubt will be released uh, by the end of July. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for being on the show. And uh, that will do it for this week. We'll be back in two weeks, and thanks for listening.